Hello. Hi, my name is Dr. Charnel Wolverton Sihon, and welcome to our channel. Today is going to be a fun day, and Craig and I, we weren't even going to do this together. Craig, Craig had something to do, and last minute he was able to join us, so I'm very happy to have our co-host here. And of course, Megan is a pretty much regular here, so we're really excited. And I had Megan coming on because she's friends with Robert, who is our guest today. So we just decided to have a little family time and just hang out and like get to know Robert and hang out with all of you guys and just have a little fun Thursday. How about that? Absolutely. You guys good? Yeah. I've had to go through some uh, inner healing, Charnel, because I wasn't on the graphic when you're advertising it. So my ego. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had already had the graphic because you, I know, I know, come but, you, know, you were busy doing army stuff. We're all taking hits at the moment. So, okay. Definitely you know, you know, doing all that army stuff. And so, <laughs> but then last minute it was like, oh, no, I could be on there. I'm like, dude, I got it all over the place, but please come on with us and hang out. And yeah. So, Without further ado, I do want to just remind people, hit the subscribe, um, likes, loves, all the things, you know, give us some love and that helps with the algorithms. You can definitely go to swiftfire.org, get on the newsletter. That way, you know, of all the shows that are coming up and have replays of all the ones coming back. There's some great resources there as well. We do have a membership now and we've been doing member meetings with been super fun we're doing like uh, destiny readings and q a's and really building a community where we can all hang out and just talk freely and ask questions and learn together and get to know one another wherever you guys are a lot of you are here lisa's here and there's other members everyone who's Deborah's on here as a member i just want to give a shout out to all the members who have been so loyal and helpful to keep us going and help the channel keep going i just love you guys feel free to sign up as a member and or help um, with donations um i guess that's the thing too we can do we just found out about a couple weeks ago I'm like what i could have been doing this but so yeah and craig do you have anything that you would like to share before and then i'm going to have megan speak and we're going to get to the meat of what we're talking about today with robert so we'll just go around real quick yeah, just I'm super happy. I'm here. Uh, I made it. Um, I just love how we're meeting all these new people. Uh, Robert, it is an absolute joy and a pleasure to meet you for the first time. Um, I originally heard you on the Journey to Truth podcast, I think it was. You have been on that one, yeah? Uh, big fan of Tyler and Aaron. And uh, I remember hearing your story on that, and I've, I think I've followed you ever since. So to be able to talk to you, I say face-to-face, -face, whatever this is, um, it's super honoured. And Megan, as always, it's brilliant to talk to you. And uh, like I say, we've got quite a good team here, haven't we? <laughs> yes, of course. That's super exciting. Hey, Megan. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I was saying I don't know how we're going to get a word in edgewise because I know Robert talks and I know Craig will get along with him really well. Uh, and I have had Robert on my channel before and talked about his mom's experience and <clears throat> Yeah, there's a lot to uncover. And I think one thing that I'd like to touch on is the emotional aspect of it and how like the how the weight of it, um, how it affected your mom, how it affected your family, uh, because I think I can't speak for you guys, but I know this like that we're all about healing. And I think talking about the emotional trauma is very important. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people have been through a lot more that they're not even 
either 100% remembering and there's, you know, a lot of people have been triggered and a lot of bleed through of remembering in the last three years specifically, there's been some sort of popping on. And so, yeah, um, that's a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. And so Robert, I, I actually had, I reached out, I'm trying to remember how we connected. I think Megan might've told me about you. And I think if I'm correct, I don't want to say this wrong, but Laura Eisenhower had you on before or something. Have you been on her show? Okay. I want to say maybe I saw that um, graphic. Uh, I didn't get to watch the show and I don't really get to watch anybody's shows to be honest, but, um, but yeah, so I, I was like, Hey, you know, we're always looking for cool people and cool stories to listen and hear what people have experienced and what they're going through. And so, yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and some of your background? I literally don't know anything except for backyard UFO. That's the, that's what I got from the graphics that I've seen and that you're really nice based on what Megan said. So let's do this. Yay. Awesome. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here meeting all of you and Megan, everyone. Uh, yeah, a little bit about me. I'm not a man of titles. Uh, nothing I've done in the past defines me for who I actually am whatsoever. Um, but with that being said, people need titles to understand people's backgrounds and where we're coming from. But trust me when I say none of these things define me whatsoever. They're just titles. So I grew up in southern New Jersey here in the United States. Uh, around 16, 17 years old, I became a pastor. I went to Bible college, ordained youth minister, blah, yada, yada, yada started a christian heavy metal band we got signed record deal traveling all around the country playing shows every night yada 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 eventually i ended up moving to turkey in the middle east for two years where i taught english uh, and learned ancient islam and things of this nature and studied mesopotamian yada 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 gobeke tempe yada 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 came back to the states uh, then I got a warehouse job working with doors and frames, a commercial door and frames. I was the manager, uh, you know, doing that for five years. Then uh, I lost my job and then I found something really incredible and it opened up a door that I was waiting for for 30 years to open. And I created a video and now I'm here in the disclosure community. Awesome. So what was the video? What are you, what's the video about? Well, uh, in 1991, April 21st, my family has something quite remarkable happen to us. April 21st, 1991, 10:18 PM. We lived in lower Alloways Creek in Southern New Jersey, not far from the Delaware river. The Creek behind our house, was the Lower Alloways Creek, which is directly connected to the Salem County nuclear plant. Very, very close. We lived in a very marshy backwoods area, a lot of foxtails, etc. And it, we were out in the country, not a lot of houses. There was my house and directly next door, there was my aunt's house. Behind both of our houses, there was a thin line of trees and just beyond that line of trees, there was an old wood bridge, one car at a time. And the creek was right there. And that's where this incident took place. So 
April 21st, 1991, 10.18 p.m. My aunt that was next door getting ready for bed went into her bathroom in the upstairs part of her house. And as she was getting ready to use the bathroom, she looked out her bathroom window and she noticed, and before I continue, it was raining. The cloud coverage obtained was 1,200 foot and it was raining 10 o'clock at night in April, all right? It was dark. So she sees above the tree line, maybe a telephone pole or two in height reference, but on a 45 degree angle looking up at it, she noticed this elongated black triangular object with three blue lights on the corners of it and a white bright light in the center of it just sitting there, completely still, completely silent. She goes, hmm, wonder what that is. She walks back into her bedroom, 1991. She picks up her landline. We didn't have cell phones back then. And she calls my mother next door who was watching a Phillies baseball game with two of her girlfriends. I was upstairs sleeping in my bed as a three and a half year old would. I was three and a half years old at the time of this incident. With that being said, my mother hears the phone ringing in the kitchen. My mother goes back to the kitchen, which was the back of the house facing the direction of this craft. She picks up the phone and it's my aunt and she says, Bethann, Bethann, look out the back window. There's something just hovering there. And my mom, she looks out and she goes, oh my God, what is that? What is that? But really, really loud, you know, the excitement and wonder and all. Her two girlfriends that were watching the baseball game, they get up being young, nosy girls. My mother was 22-year-old single mom, just to put that out there for everyone, 22 years old. And her friends were young. My aunt was 38 years old, also a single mom. So... Uh, her two friends go running. What is it? What is it? What is it? I heard the commotion. I heard people literally sprinting to the back of the house. And I stood up on my bed. I had a window right there. I could peek right out there. So as they're all watching this object, completely silent, this entire incident from the moment my aunt saw it to what happened next only lasted five to six minutes long. It's a very short thing. Now, there's no telling of how long that craft was hovering there for. That we do not know, you know, but for what we saw it, it was five to six minutes. So they're all watching it. Then what happened, happened all simultaneously, all within like a second. It's really hard to explain, but I'm going to do my best for everyone that's listening right now. As we're watching this elongated black triangular object, three blue lights and a crazy light source. It was unlike light I've ever seen before coming from the center of it. Um, as we're watching this completely silent, just hovering there, all of these things happen at once. A beam of light, a ball of light, some sort of light something or another came down onto this craft. Almost in the same instance as it was coming down towards it, red and orange sparks started shooting out of this craft. Then the center of it, that super bright light, imploded on itself. It sucked itself into itself. And the outskirts of the craft exploded, as you would imagine, a normal standard aircraft to explode. Trajectory of 150 yards to about 300 yards to the point that when we saw this, we all flinch 
We thought pieces were going to hit our house because of the 45 we were looking at this object and the angle. No pieces did hit our house, but it looked like it was going to happen. Kind of like when you're watching a firework and you're like, oh, no, yeah. it's really big. It's going to hit me, but you don't get hit with pieces. Yeah. It was like that. And to give a size description, uh, now I know most people aren't familiar. They haven't been up close to a large military Huey or a chopper, you know, um, uh, Cobra or something like that. They're not familiar with it, but it was about the size of a very big helicopter, the length wise. And it was kind of thin. It wasn't as big and bulky. It was thinner and it had really sharp angles and what it, it was raining. So all we could really see was the black being illuminated by the light but it seemed to be textured, not necessarily um, smooth, almost like rigid, uh, like black metal, not a smooth coat. And when this thing exploded, whatever was left of it, after the center of it sucked itself into itself and the outskirts exploded, the main body of it or whatever just shot directly down to the ground. My mother instantly hung up the phone and she called 911. And what happened after that has been known as the Lower Alloways Creek incident. And we would have never imagined that Wait, making a lower, phone call for help. Oh, I'm sorry, what? What The Lower what incident? Say that the again. Lo the Lower Alloways Creek incident. And that's the name of the crash. And that's also the name of the town, Lower Alloways Creek. Okay. So here in Southern New Jersey. And we had no idea that making a phone call asking for help would actually bring so much more to our table and actually quite the opposite. We would have never been able to imagine that because at that moment, in that exact time, whether it was a UFO, military vehicle being tested, which this was near a nuclear plant, nothing, that's no fly zone. Nothing should be flying around there to begin with. Throw that one out there. But regardless of what it is, when you see something like that, that close explode near you, you your first thought, someone just died. My mother hung up the phone and she was smart enough. And the police report says this. And the investigators, they made this note in the evidence that I found saying that my mother knew and she was smart enough not to say it was a UFO because no one would have came and investigated it. She just reported it as some sort of aircraft just exploded behind our house. And yeah, what happened after that? Um, quite a bit. We had a few visitors come and visit us at our house. Long story short, ended up threatening my mother. And at the crash site, there was a lot going on. The Coast Guard, Gloucester County Coast Guard that patrols the nuclear plant, they had their Coast Guard cutter boat there. Firefighters were involved. The Dover Air Force Base was involved. A lot of people say, oh, it should be a New Jersey base. No, the nuclear plant is on Dover Air Force's base radar. And I do have transcripts of all the military bases that were called when they were asked about the situation. I have all of them, but Air Force Base and they we had a gentleman from the Air Force in our living room and he was coming from Dover Air Force Base. He was also 
joined by two men wearing black suits and black hats that weren't a part of the Air Force. <laughs> and then the following day, MUFON came out, the Philadelphia KYW three channel news came out, newspapers came out, which is weird because my family remained anonymous this entire thing. Following weeks, the show sightings on Saw Mystery that came out did a hypnosis regression, which that's a whole nother ball game. But to uh, I, I don't want to get too much into everything. There's a lot more of what was going on, but I just wanted to leave it there at the night of the crash, what we saw and what happened. But that did open up doors, and it turned out that my mother was actually being taken by these beings. Why were they behind our house to begin with? And the people that came there to investigate, the men in black and the gentleman from the Air Force, they already knew this. At no point did they ask my mom anything about what they saw. First question to come out of the guys wearing these suits, can you draw three different types of extraterrestrials? That what? don't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that's and, the first question they asked her to draw three different types of extraterrestrials. Yes, I'm being very vague for the sake of time, but uh, let, let's talk about this. So we can talk about the men in black. I'll go into great detail. I'm going to talk as fast as I can. Uh, Megan? Can I interject before we get too far? The way that you described the light that the craft made, it's un, it's unnatural. It's not like a light bulb. It's literally like out of this world and it has it probably has a magnetic frequency like it's sort of uh this isn't the right word but a quantum thing where it's part of their technology where they use magnetic frequencies to beam people up and so it's interesting it imploded on itself yeah like it, it might have pulled like it was magnetized yeah 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 magnetized itself and then exploded <clears throat> Wow. <laughs> I, I yeah. got to meditate on that for a bit. That's, I never thought of it that yes. way. I, now, I did know it was from whatever technology. I always thought maybe they had like a fail safe built into it to make it compulse on itself. But what you just said makes even more sense to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and we've heard, I've heard from the military too, and this has been public, where they've seen something and then it like splits. It goes to or multiple directions, like one thing comes and then they all disperse and it looks like multiple. So this is, um, anyway, keep going. This is like, that's rising. Interesting. It's kind of yes. like Tesla technology where each strand of DNA has a magnetic polarity so they can beam you up and then rearrange it based on like magnets. It's kind of, it's like Tesla. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that, that's what I thought of when I heard that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It really does. And thank you for sharing that. Oh, I'm shocked you haven't told me that before. That's amazing. And we we know a couple other people personally who've shared their stories. Um, I won't say their names, but just different experiencers describing being um, like having dreams of being sucked up. And it's like it's the magnets sucking you up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to continue from, let me go from what happened after my mom hung up the telephone. Now it was raining, it was late at night on a Sunday, you know, 10, 18. And then as time went on, it got a lot later. My mom was up very late the night before along with her friends, keep this in mind. So 
10 minutes after my mom made the initial 911 call, police came, took a very brief, very fast little report where, what, and when. Just that's what police do. Went to my aunt's house, same thing. And then they left. We didn't see the police from that point. Later on, they did some more questions. I have that written down. I have the articles, blah, blah, blah. But 25 minutes later, and it's important, where we lived, the closest town over was about 15 to 20 minutes to get to. And I have no idea how these people got to our house from Delaware within 25 minutes when you got to go all the way up Delaware, over the Delaware Bridge, all the way down to New Jersey. I have no idea, but 25 minutes later, two black cars pull into our driveway. Out of the one car, gentlemen, clearly Air Force attire. It was actually the first time I ever saw someone in military uniform in person and not just on TV. It stuck with me. Um, ironically, I ended up going to ROTC when I was in high school and I wanted to go in the Air Force, then the Marines and all that stuff. But um, so I, it just always fascinated me of uh, that experience because uh, he wasn't necessarily the problem. But the two other characters that came out of the second car were these gentlemen. I don't know why I'm calling them that with black suits and black hats, no sunglasses. It was nighttime. It was raining. Come on, they're not wearing sunglasses. Um, so they come up to the door. My mother, her two friends thought nothing strange about this. We just witnessed an aircraft, something explode behind our house. Of course, the government and investigators are going to come there. Duh, anyone knows this. The men in black didn't exist in 1991. There was no such thing. The movie wasn't out. It wasn't something talked about, you know, 1991. And X-Files wasn't even out yet. So wow. let me just put that out there, okay? So they hear the knock on the door, but they saw the cars pull in, and they got up from the couch, and they started going towards the door. And when they saw them, they let them right in. They came into our living room. They sat my mother and her two girlfriends down on the couch. The gentleman in the Air Force stood off to the side, and two men in black were standing there. And they brought out a notepad and a pencil, and they looked at my mom and the two other girls and they said, can you draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials? This was a very religious backwoods area, uh, you know, family of Christians and believers. And this, my family and her friends, we are not UFO people. We never watched that kind of stuff. It was just not in our vocabulary that it wasn't our life. That wasn't what we had knowledge of or we were even into. But uh, when the men in black said that, the two other girls, not my mother, but the two other girls started laughing so hard. They were cracking up like, what? What is this? Is this a joke? That's how they were reacting. And, you know, one thing I do want to mention, everyone wants to know as much as they can about the men in black. And the way they were holding the pencil just wasn't right. A lot of people, are, you know, were, were they human? Are they clones? Are they extraterrestrials? Whatever. What they are is awkward and very <laughs> abnormal human behavior. At the same time, militaries and governments uh, and psych ops, they do this sometimes to get into people's head to control the narrative. I understand that as well, but the Air Force gentleman wasn't doing that. It was these two guys in the black suit. They are awkward. The 
guy from the Air Force, he was no different than us, in my personal opinion. So, uh, mom's two girlfriends were laughing. At this point, it was 25 minutes later. It's just about 1040 at night. They were all out the night before partying until like 4 a.m. in the morning. They were tired and exhausted. And because they were laughing and stuff, they said, we're going to go ahead and go. It's getting late. They weren't concerned. They didn't think my mother was in danger or anything like that. They saw the same thing they did. They thought, you know, they were just trying to get information. I don't know. They just dismissed it. This is the kind of people we lived around back then. So my mom's two girlfriends, they get up, they grab their purses. And as they're leaving, my mother starts to draw um, three different kinds of extraterrestrials. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, she drew one that uh, she called the grays, you know, a typical gray. She wasn't very artistic. So it was uh, it was like just about stick figures, but like a next step up. Uh, the second one was one she called Nordics. It just looked like a normal human being. No surprise there. And then she drew one that was called the blues. And after drawing it with a pencil, she actually took a blue a ballpoint pen and like kind of we had a pen on the table, a blue pen, and she kind of filled it in to symbolize the blues. And that was it. That was it. After that, it turns out the gentleman that was in the Air Force was trained in regression therapy. And I know, whoa, what? Guy in the Air Force <laughs> trained in regression therapy? Well, yeah, for soldiers that have post-traumatic stress, and they need to know what that soldier went through but he's too traumatized and he can't focus, but they need that intel. Oh yeah, they are definitely trained in this. They took my mother into my playroom at the time. It was upstairs, a smaller room, not as open and, and as exposed as our living room. And the two men in black stood off to the side now. And a gentleman in the Air Force did a brief four to five minute regression. Unfortunately, that was the exact moment my mother, up to that point, completely clueless of the extraterrestrial existence, phenomena, UFOs, none of that. In that regression was the first time she came to the realization that she was being taken by these beings. Unfortunately, the two men in black were standing right off to the side, and they had everything that they needed from that point. So after that, they went back down to the living room. And the men in black asked my mother, do you have any questions? My mother said, yes. And the first question my mother asked the men in black, as a mother trying to protect her children, are these things dangerous? Men in black replied, if they were dangerous, do you think we would still be here? My mom said, okay. Keep in mind, my mom's just 22 years old, high school degree. You know, it's, and when you're traumatized after seeing a UFO crash, you know, it's, you're not thinking clearly. And, you know, it's hard to come up with questions on the spot after just realizing that not only did you see that, but these things are taking you as well. And it was a lot to handle uh, for her in that moment. And her second question, very logical. Why don't people know about these things? The men in black replied, this is 1991. I have to make that clear. The men in black replied, 
We are doing everything we can by preconditioning. Within the next 10 years, you will see signs of UFOs and extraterrestrials in all media outlets, movies, music, books, magazines, radio shows, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm sure they would have said social media and YouTube and all that stuff if it existed back then, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Uh, But now that's what they're doing. Now they got more platforms to manipulate. But anywho, so... The third question my mother asked the men in black after having this realization that these beings just took her, she said, when these beings are taking me and I'm physically not here, what would happen if something happened to my baby, me, three and a half year old son, or my elderly grandfather that she took care of who was there, but he was like 90 years old, old man, you know, and What would happen if I'm gone and they needed me and I'm not here? The men in black reply, they use small grays that stay behind. And if anything was to happen to your baby or your grandfather, they would have you back. And the men in black snap their fingers like, so once again, awkward, like, ha, ha, ha. Look at what we can, like, they learned a new trick. Like, I've never seen someone so proud and arrogant to snap their fingers. You know, it's, uh, they're weird, they're awkward, 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 whatever they are. They kind of act like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, I, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, tight. Being trying really hard to be human. If you've ever seen him walk, like even the clothes he wears, it's like, okay, what can I do to look like blend in or look normal? Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is the men in black, from my understanding, can either be clones or a reptilian human hybrid and they run on hive consciousness so they don't have original thought it's like a consciousness that comes from a computer server and gives them instructions or directions and that's why their answers are so like flat no emotion and they're not really like they're not really human they don't they're missing they're missing the soul they're missing the important part I would agree with that. Something was off with them and there was uh, no emotion, uh, no smiling, nothing like that. And very robotic, like Suckenberg, as I call him. So, um, yeah. Uh, so my mom said, okay, you know, like what, what, what do you say? <laughs> what, what can you say? You know, there's nothing she could do at that moment. And then the men in black said, do you have any other questions? My mom said, no. And the men in black said, okay, now tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of news agencies, UFO investigators, media outlets, newspapers that are going to come here. And you will say it was a helicopter or we will take your son away. My mom said, okay, I understand. And that's exactly what my mother did. Ironically, in the evidence that I found only after 30 years of having no evidence, I finally found six pages of transcripts, really, really compelling evidence, quite compelling. And in there, it started to all come out and my family remained anonymous. And just as they said, all of these people came out. And the moral of my family's story is the men in black, and the agencies are the ones tipping off the media outlets. They knew these groups would come out, not because we called them or told anyone. We remained anonymous. Whole family, my aunt too, 
And then the next day, news cameras, news reporters, people in suits taking pictures all around their house. My aunt next door, she's a super Christian, very lovely, soft-spoken, sweetheart of a woman, not the spotlight. She was a realtor in Century 21 at the time, you know, and she had to take her phone off the hook because there was calls coming from Los Angeles, you know, like unsolved mystery sightings and all that. And she just took it off because she didn't want to be charged for the long distance bill. I'm not making this up, I swear. <laughs> and uh, that's how it was. That was, we were country folks. We, we were, you know, remote people. And where we are from, your character is everything. You don't go around talking about insane things like a UFO crashing behind your house or being abducted by extraterrestrials. So the point of that is just as the men in black predicted, because they're the ones putting the narrative out there and they were ones to push this helicopter, and all these groups came out and the news agencies played that narrative. But the kicker is no helicopter and the MUFON articles at the top of the main thing, you'll see a black helicopter. But in the articles, they say they called FAA, all the military bases. No planes were missing. No helicopter should have been there. It's all documented that it, it wasn't a helicopter. But that's like the narrative they're spinning. And my mom was on the news and at first they were trying to say, well, it's a meteorite. And my mom said, uh, like, she actually said this on news, like meteorites don't just hover there and then go down. And uh, she said, my mom on the news said, I'm willing to lay my life down on it. It was a helicopter because of the threat that was made. But no helicopter was found. And this is how they play the narrative game. And uh, obviously it wasn't a helicopter. Helicopters are very loud no doubt about it and they don't look like that and they don't explode like that and in the crash site there was no fire what what mm. name me one helicopter or aircraft that would explode and not leave burn marks and fires yeah it was raining that night but that don't matter traditional aircraft when they explode whether it's raining or on water the water will be burning so where was the fire something yeah. interesting and they didn't know like who the pilot was if there were any like actual real people flying it missing but what's interesting is the men in black are connected to the cia who's in charge of covering up ufo stuff so yeah. when they say and they're in bed with hollywood too so they already had all those plans to release all those movies and everything and then of course we know that they are connected to the mainstream media as well so it was really, um, yeah, interesting connection there too. Yeah, and uh, just briefly, now a lot of people are probably wondering what was actually going on at the crash site. And if my family was in the house, how could I possibly know what was happening at the crash site? Well, after 30 years, once I found the evidence, I made a little documentary, 15 minutes long. I didn't even have YouTube premium. I couldn't make a long video. I did the maximum, 15 minutes long, and that was it. And uh, in there, the articles I presented, people that were involved and that was there and just thought it was something strange, they all started to come forward. It turns out the fire chief was actually a cousin of mine. All right. A little fun fact. So let me go over what happened in the time frame. I gave you the time frame. Also, 
at 2 a.m. in the morning, my house, my mother was on the phone with four search and rescue helicopters all the way until like 6 a.m. in the morning. One of them belonging to the Delaware State Police, and it had a thermal camera on it. So for this just to be uh, absolute nothing, four helicopters, that's a lot of taxpayers' dollars, isn't it? For, for absolutely nothing. You know, very strange. But they didn't find anything, and I'm going to tell you why they didn't find anything. So it was Sunday night. My mom made the phone call around 10.18. The firefighters came onto the scene 40 minutes afterwards. By the time they got there, Lottie Dottie got the trucks ready, drove all the way out there. Like I said, we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's raining Sunday night. Probably some of those guys were having a good time themselves, thinking, whoo, it's Sunday night. It's raining, quiet night out here. <laughs> oh, not tonight, boys. So they get in the fire truck, and as they're going down, the road that it happened on, which was closed that night, it was shut down, and it's still closed today. It's been closed ever since. The road and the bridge. Important fact. And anyone can go there and see it and look it up as well. So as the fire fighters were approaching, the fire truck was really high off. And in April, uh, the foxtails were very low at the time. So they could see over. And as they're heading up towards the bridge and getting closer to the creek, off to the left, they saw some uh, gouges and markings in the marsh, fresh. And once they got up a little further, they noticed a Coast Guard cutter boat sitting in the creek. And there was an armed Coast Guard gentleman that was standing down, kind of flagging them out. Once they got up closer to see what the Coast Guard gentleman wanted, they noticed a massive black tarp laid out over, like, the marsh. And as they were going up, they're like, yo, what's going on? And the Coast Guard said the situation is under control, and he ordered them to turn back around. So that's what the firefighters did. They said, well, that was strange. That was weird. They drive all the way back to the firehouse, which we didn't have bars. We didn't have restaurants. We didn't have a mini mart. We had nothing. The firehouse was the local hangout place. That's where everyone was. And there was two nosy country women that were there in the firehouse when the firefighters got back. And they said, well, that was strange. And you can't say that to a country girl and expect them not to know. So they did two separate shifts, and the one girl went. Now, when she went by this time period, it was more around like 11.20 by the time she got there. And she noticed a tree cutting service uh, that was there removing trees. She goes, okay, that's weird. At that point, also, they had the road closed. When the firefighters were getting there, they didn't have a road closed yet. Uh, after the firefighters left, they put up a road closed uh, sign at the end to stop people from going down there. Then she goes all the way back to the firehouse. And then the other girl hears and, you know, oh, I have to see this. So she gets in the car. And this would have been around, uh, you know, 1240-ish, probably, her arriving to the same point up to the thing. And she saw a black flatbed truck, not military, standard black flatbed truck, absolutely normal. The tree cutting service was actually a local tree cutting service, believe it or not. Um, so she saw this black flatbed truck and she saw the yellow lights on it. There are no street lights on this road in this area. And she noticed a black tarp on the back of the flatbed. And that was it. And then she went back. So judging off of that, 
They already had everything loaded. Not that they got every piece, and I know there's still debris there, 110%. There's no way, but they had the site mostly cleared within two hours, according to this time frame of what was going on. So by, like, let's say, you know, the latest, 1230, they were out and gone. Search and rescue helicopters, four of them came around 2 o'clock in the morning. It was already cleared. It was already cleared. So, um, yeah, and that was it. And they went around questioning other people. There was one neighbor that said he thought he heard a crash, but he thought it was a gust of wind. And they reassured him that was a helicopter. The police station had two other people coming home from work that called the police station that just saw it hovering there. They did not see the explosion, but they just saw it hovering there. And they saw it from a greater distance away. They weren't even on our road. They were, you know, a good ways away. And there were a lot of other witnesses that were involved. I have uh, people that reached out to me that were on the EMS squad that remember that night. And I've had other whistleblowers that worked for the nuclear plant and many other people come forward with quite compelling information that has really gave me the whole story. But it just took me being brave enough to share the little things I had after 30 years of my family and hearing this story and, you know, share my mother and I sharing it with everyone and a lot of times getting made fun of and, you know, me as a little kid having nightmares because I couldn't discern. I, I found out these things are real and then I'm watching TV and they're showing aliens and stuff. And I was so young, I couldn't use discernment. So I would get scared sometimes when they're making them seem like way scarier than what they are and stuff like that. It was a lot. And my mother went through the most of it. She really made the sacrifice and took the the brunt of it all for my safety sake. Wow. I mean, I'm that's very detailed. And from what is in the comments here, everyone who's heard this story before is saying that you, whenever they've heard it, it's always the exact, nothing changes. Like you're, I mean, that's a good sign of, I mean, authenticity. I, yeah, I've not doubted 30 any, years, 30 years of telling the same story. I'm curious. So do you feel if she was abducted? Cause, and I know the whole like pulling up and I've had my own missing time experiences and lights and, the whole thing um has she had anything after that happen that she has a recollection of did they leave her alone after that or has there because a lot of times it's like once you're in there, there there can be a consistency where there's a continuation of that do you did she have anything else happen exactly exactly no exactly what you just said after that first regression in upcoming days, the Mutual UFO Network came out. They did a regression hypnosis. And the stuff my mom was saying about, you know, the program she was in and different beings and genetics for a 22-year-old country girl with a high school education where we lived, it was insane. Absolutely mind-blowing, wild stuff. That's why the show Sightings and Unsolved Mystery, they came out. They recorded her under regression. And they were going to blur out her face because once again, but uh, you, she signed all the waivers, but that never aired, ironically. Mm-hmm. And the investigator, Richard Butler, the investigator that covered this case for MUFON, he was good friends with Bud Hopkins, who was also involved with this. 
And during that same time, Linda Cortell, the Brooklyn uh, incident of the woman levitating out of her apartment building and the ambassador or someone, some political person seeing it from their limousine. Uh, Richard Butler and Bud Hopkins were also working on that, and they were also shut down, harassed, and laughed out of the community after that because of these two men in black. They were the same men in black following his work from my case to the Linda Cortell case. All of these things are all connected, and you, in my, in the articles about my family's thing, you see these cases as well. They are the cases that are like the next story, the next paragraph, you know? Um, so all this was happening at once. And through these regressions, once my mom had that initial thing prior, it was nothing but strange dreams. She used to wake up with strange scars. My grandmother would dismiss it. You must have scratched yourself. Uh, all the strange health issues, you know, dismiss, et cetera. But after that first regression, my mother remembered everything of every experience from there up until the day she passed away. And my mother had some serious health issues. When she was 25 years old, she had her lung collapse. I believe this was from being brought from this to that, from this to that. And it's actually something that happens with divers and astronauts. How would that happen to my mom, a perfectly five foot nine, skinny, beautiful, healthy, young woman? How? How? It's from the pressure changes. Yep, you're right. And, and on top of that, she bled constantly. She had her menstrual cycle extremely young, nine years old. And that's when the hybrid program started. My mother would bleed three weeks out of four every single month for her entire life she bled constantly and it's from everything they were doing extracting embryos putting them back in extracting them put them back in extracting them putting them back in my mom had her tubes tied hoping that that would stop it and she still miscarried five times they would not stop and unfortunately my mother only could find one solution to make it stop and there wasn't a community like there is today and, you know, she found coping mechanisms uh, like we all do. And everything is a coping mechanism and nothing's healthy for us by any means. Not even our food we consume. You know, none of it's good for us. So everyone has their own coping thing. But, um, you know, from the laughter, the few times she would open up and seeing people's reactions and not believing her. Um, the worst experience I remember, I was about six or seven. We were at our house around the fire. She had a bunch of friends over. Someone brought up a Steven Spielberg movie, I think like Close Encounters or something around the fire. And my mom said, well, I got a story. And she starts saying it and everyone was calling her a crazy bee and you're insane laughing at her. And she got, she got up and she said, I'm not an effing liar. And she started crying and she walked off. And I was just a little boy and I knew my mommy was telling the absolute truth. I couldn't do anything about it. And that's the moment I learned I need to shut up. Otherwise, I'm never going to have friends. I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to make anything of myself. And I just need to shut up about this. But I would make the same mistake my mom did, thinking I knew people and I trusted them. Like my friends I've known for six, seven years, I'll tell them and they give me that look. I'm like, come on, you know me. Like after six years, I'm telling you this for a reason. And you still give me that look of like, you know, and even if they didn't say they didn't believe, you can see, you can feel it. 
you know, you can tell someone's reaction. So yeah, it was really hard for my mom and uh, the motions were tough. It was a lot to handle for me. And um, yeah. Something that, 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 uh, you, that struck me when you were talking before is, is that you were, <clears throat> your mom was told that, bearing in mind it was 1991, um, that in 10 years time, you're gonna see this stuff everywhere. <clears throat> So clearly that tells me that there has been some kind of agenda to put this stuff out there. But knowing what we know, do you think this would have been some kind of controlled narrative, um, you know, used to kind of manipulate us? And do you think now, obviously, because that didn't really happen, obviously, do you think 10 years after that was 2001? That's when 9-11 happened. Um, go, go on, go on. The distraction. And just like... Yeah. 2020 and 2019 with the Pentagon and the disclosure that was going to happen. Something right. happened in the world that shut us all down. Yeah. Oh, another distraction. Every 10 years, every time disclosure is about to happen because they haven't quite figured out the narrative they want to spin. And there's too many people that are awake that wouldn't fall for a blue beam. Yeah. They're not falling for Project Mockingbird or Looking Glass or anything else. Mm -hmm. it, and they have to keep um revising and upgrading yeah. and okay if we can't get away with blue beam let's just infiltrate the disclosure community <laughs> yeah nine was like the biggest false flag and i was nine years old they wanted to use me for breeding programs and that was in 2001 when i was nine so i would have been i was abducted then too wow so. 2001 that's that's really interesting yeah whoa whoa yeah. do you think it comes in like waves and cycles then everything has a season right this is pastor rob coming out there's a season <laughs> for everything yeah. nothing yeah. happens overnight it's all cycles this is the way of the universe it cycles nothing happens overnight that's why they call them projects no project is done in one hour Projects are things that take a long time over a cycle. Think tanks. This everything right now is being ran off of a think tank. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. That's why people are saying, how are these people predicting this? And that it's not predicted, it's planned. Yeah. yeah. It's planned. Yeah. Um, so going back, there's a question here, and I'm just gonna jump in. So I worked with a lady, I was called to go to why I've had seven miscarriages. You, we haven't talked about this. Um, and I think Craig might know, or Megan, but, um, so I've always kind of wondered about all of that. And then maybe that's a big, huge discussion, but I was actually called to go to Wyoming because there was a pastor there when I was in ministry, had not talked about this to anybody or anything, just was there for a ministry trip. Uh, and, and while I was there, the lady came, the pastor there had, the pastor actually happens to be the pastor of Kanye West's church. That's where he went to or started going to or working with. And when he was running for president, she was actually going to be the vice president of the birthday party. So, and this lady is not crazy. Like she's normal. She's, wow. you know. That's anyway. awesome. Yeah, birthday party. Yeah, that's brilliant. But, but that was, you know, that was later after I was there. I was the uh, choose no. I want to say, God, I have to go back and look to see when it was. But I, when I was there, she called me in a room to sit down and talk to me because she needed help trying to figure out how to 
minister to 40 case women that she was there as a counselor for who had all had the same programs that they were being um, implemented and then the babies they would be in the middle of the night and then the babies would be gone and they would do a sonogram and there's nothing there and i mean and they were using them multiple times and she just had like one person come and then another person come and then the next thing she has got 40 people and she's asking me who had no, no experience to my knowledge of any of this but called me in to come talk to them about this and support her and support them or you know, I didn't end up talking to any of them. I did discuss with her and it was a little bit like, oh my gosh, you know, that's interesting and strange. And I wasn't like, oh, I don't believe you. I mean, I 100% believed her. If you could have talked to her and saw the way she was you know, just like you, I mean, it's very, you're humble, you're nice, like detailed. You know, I, I've, I've studied about lying and FBI stuff and I've, I worked with the police on stuff like that. And you, you know what, lying looks like and you can feel it or I can. And um, so one of the girls, uh, Christy Grubbs had brought this up and I'm curious too, did she have children after? And also what if you're somehow part of it? Like, have you ever thought like, maybe I'm, I got some, something in me, you know, like I know we're all hybrids in some, look, everybody's a hybrid, but anyway, speaking to that a little bit, yeah so um yeah it was a lot let's talk about and the miscarriages and i just want to go over a story and i'm going to try it kind of grosses me out uh, there's certain things i've seen in my life i want to forget seems like everyone wants to remember everything i've spent my life trying to forget okay i was about 15 years old one day and my mother physically i'm her only child she never had kids she had her tubes tied but I was about 15 years old and uh, we were home and I heard her in the bathroom crying for an abnormal time. And one thing about these experiences, my mother would always cry for her babies. I can actually go over one of her experiences, just one of many of like what she was seeing, the being she was interacting, her hybrid children. I can describe them for you, blah, blah, all that good stuff. But, um, one day I heard her crying in the bathroom for a long time. She was in there for an hour and I just finally knocked. And I'm like, this is driving me crazy, 15 years old. And I open it up and she's sitting next to the toilet, just crying, saying, I miss my babies. I miss my babies. And I looked, I, I'm like, what the heck is, I was 15 year old boy. I, you know, like I didn't understand what was going on. I looked in the toilet and what I saw, you, you don't, you can't that's it um and it wasn't yeah yes i can I, I know embryos and fetuses look like aliens to begin with but what was in there it wasn't a human embryo it was something else other i don't know i want i don't even want to talk about it right now it's just very disturbing and uneasy i'm getting all jittery i don't like talking about it and there's a few other situations of things i i saw you know with my mother etc and going on for example one of the experience my mom had you know waking up on a table seeing these tall white gray extraterrestrials very tall um but they had very white skin they would be standing way off in the side and she would see her children lined up over there and she would be to 
communicating with them telepathically and begging. She would always beg the larger ones, can I please have one? Can I please have one? Can I please have one? And they said they won't be able to survive on Earth. She was always begging for them. Some of them, she said, looked like sloth from the Goonies. Some of them were highly deformed and very weird looking. Some looked very, very human, but would have like black eyes. And others looked very gray, extraterrestrial, with very minor uh, human features. But, you know, she was kind of forced and she didn't look at it this way. But she was kind of forced to interact with these beings to show them human emotion. Apparently, these beings are trying to create something that can feel. And because these beings are used for my mother's embryos, regardless of how much gray they are, they need love and compassion. They need it. They need it. And if you have and if you're created by something with love and compassion, regardless how much of a percent of anything else you are, you're still going to need that for your development. So they had my mom kind of playing mom, like, all right, hybrid children, come on. It's time to have your human experience for one hour. And all right, now go back to doing whatever they do, wherever they are. The worst part, I don't even know if they're alive. You know, some of it, uh, some hybrids, we don't have the longest shelf lives where, you know, we're just, we're created in tubes and it it is what it is and so um i know nothing about them and it's it really breaks my heart knowing that i have siblings that i can't be connected to and a big part of what i do is to connect to them regardless of the ones that created them and their agenda i don't care anything that has five percent of my mother's genetics in it not having brothers and sisters I want to love that because that's all I have of my mother left because she passed away two months before I found the evidence validating my family's claims. After 30 years, two months prior, she passed away two months too late. So I made it my mission to help other women like my mother. She was 51 years old. And when she passed, she was 51. Yes. Mm -hmm. How did she pass? A uh, botched kidney surgery, uh, hospital killed her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Malpractice. Yeah, it was. It's on her death certificate, but I was so involved and and the same what, what's time. On her death certificate? Huh? Malpractice is on the death certificate? Uh, it says the cause of death was, and uh, you know. Uh, botched surgery? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's worded different, but essentially, yes. So. It's worded in a way that doesn't incriminate the. Um... Sorry, that is so young, and for you to not have your mom, and for her, that's just I'm I'm. I didn't. That's terrible, terrible. Yeah. Thank you. And were you going to say something, Craig? Uh, well, I was. I know, and Megan looked like going to say something. I was going to sort of shift gears a little bit. Megan, have you got something to say on it before? I was just going to add that if you have humanoid. Um, genetics and you're not loved or given affection then your nervous system won't function properly or won't develop properly and i know that's a lot of the problem with the kids in the underground and in the hybrid programs is they haven't been loved and nurtured so they can't function properly and i know that there's a process to get them back to normal functioning like socialization and love before they're adopted into other families so it makes sense um what robert 
said, you know, with his mom giving them affection and stuff. Well, uh, we've had Mary Rodwell on, I don't four or five times, three or four times now too. And if anyone, if, if you guys want to read her books or check her out, like this is, a, this is very consistent with other yeah. lots and lots, hundreds, thousands of testimonies. Um, Mary Rodwell is amazing. I think she has three or four books out and lots of YouTube stuff. Robert, have you met Mary? Uh, no, but I actually just got done interviewing someone that has worked with her and done we regressions from guys. Australia. And I would love, I know who she is. I really want to connect you with her. I mean, she would be really a good uh, resource for you, for yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Do you have any memory of seeing anything or any abductions yourself? Because a lot of times this goes in a bloodline situation. Or have you had any regression to... Or, or weird dreams or flashbacks bleed through anything? Uh, that, that's a very complex, loaded question that can go for a while. Um, but you could say, yes. Do I have recalls of being abducted and taken onto a ship? No. But have I seen physically extraterrestrials and other things and have had memories come back, you know, of things chasing me on another planet? and wild stories. Yes, I have all that and, and my earthly ancestor memories as well. Um, it, that's a whole nother uh, can of worms there. Uh, but I have seen a lot physically and I have had a lot now for the most part, I do not remember my dreams. I only have about four reoccurring dreams that I remember. I don't remember any other dreams. Never, 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 never. Sometimes I wake up, I think I got it, and it's gone. I can't even write stuff down. Uh, something does not allow me to um, remember those dreams, but some strange things happen. But uh, before we go on more, I do want to talk about one thing with my mother. And because, uh, you know, going through this and the process of not being able to be with her children and, you know, being taken by beings and all the damage that was being done to my mother, the reason she was hanging out with these Nordic beings and mantis beings and one she called the blues and even some of the big snakes, some of the Dracos that had an interest in her for some reason, not negative, ironically. They, they needed her just as much as these tall white gray ale. Everyone needed something from my mother for some reason. And it is a lineage kind of sort of thing. And it is maternal. These things do run through mothers. That's what I've learned. And that's a whole other road to go down. Not important. But my mother dealt with this. And she found out a way to make the hybrid stop. And that was by drinking alcohol. When she had alcohol in her bloodstream, they couldn't use the embryos. They couldn't make these creations. And they would, you know, it, it, she was basically sabotaging herself to stop that. And because she didn't have people like this community and Mary Rodwell and all these others to talk to, she had no other option on how to, you know, meditate through it, how to get through it. She had no one to talk to, no one to help her and like, I just think about all the amazing people in the community today and all of the three of you, like my mom missed it all. She missed all this and breaks my heart. The two months 
That's when the Pentagon released the UFO footage, two months after she died. The same week that they released the UFO footage is when I found the articles. Some guy in Sweden randomly posted them up. Isn't that weird? Um, you know, like, so it was just like, oh, if all these people were around back then, maybe my mother's life would have been so different. And it just, that's why I'm going over and beyond. And unfortunately, due to the drinking, these situations would still happen, just not as often when she was under that alcoholic influence, unfortunately. But that does a lot of damage to your body. And that's why she has some kidney problems. But that's not what killed her. The hospitals giving her medication that on her wrist says she was allergic to five different times, giving it to her to the point where I had to slap it out the doctor's hand out of van. I said, stop, she's allergic. Oh, them making jokes. We'll have to make a t-shirt that says I'm allergic. I was, the oh, the things I went through when my mother dying in the hospital and the years prior, it was unbearable. With that being said, you know, um, the botched kidney surgery, that's what ended up, um, you know, really doing my mother in. Unfortunately, it was very um, tough for me. I don't like talking about it. But uh, yeah, so that's it. And she went through a lot. And now I'm realizing only after she's gone, she did it all to protect me. And the weirdest part about all this, my entire life, I would say, Mom, when can I talk about these things? Mom, when, when, when can I do this? You know, when, 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 when? And she always told me, baby, be patient, be patient, be patient. When you're 33 years old, it will all make sense. She told me my entire life this. And she didn't mean Jesus Christ or anything like that. That was not her intent. And I could have never imagined when I released part three of my documentary, that was on August 16th, my 33rd birthday, and it was done and completed. And that was when I started all this. I would never imagine that moment. And I remember being in the hospital next to her bedside and like, mom, I'm almost 33. You got to stick around. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. can't oh. Robert and I have mentioned before, like I've noticed in the community where it's like people believe in aliens, like people believe that they're real, but they're not real to them. So it's like people missing the emotional link of like, it's almost like a fad, like it's popular instead of being like real, like this is your life. Like there's so much emotion involved too being abused or being taken aboard ships and, you know, having your genetics experimented with because it's so far like removed from our society that it sounds like a story instead of something that actually happened. So it's very easy to like make fun of people or, you know, just pish posh on people's stories because there's that emotional trauma whether it's love or fear, it's usually suppressed so that we can function in this society as normal people. So, but that's something I like about Robert's channel is he interviews everybody. You don't have to be hyped, just everyday normal experiencers. And that's what really I think reaches people uh, because it happens to everyday normal people, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, uh, switch up uh, the subject a little bit. I, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I, I have to say this. One of the last things my mother said to me before she passed, 
was not to cry. So it gets really, really hard sometimes. So let's okay switch it up. And, it's okay to cry. Yeah, I, I, I know that. And she didn't mean it that way. But it's just, you know, the, the emotions of all of it and how things played out. I would have never imagined that she wouldn't be there to celebrate it. Like she would have been in the documentary. She would be on the interview. She would be doing this interview and not me. No one would even know who I am, you know, and that would be amazing, you know, and it's just a shame. But my mom is working through a lot of people and my mom's story is helping and she is here, although for some reason she's so busy talking to everyone else. She doesn't say too much to me. She's a busybody, and she's more powerful now after death than she ever was in life because now she can't be threatened, and now she can't be mocked and ridiculed, and she is a wreck of nature, and she's having a good time right now, and I know that. Absolutely, and I think, like I say, you're <clears throat> here doing the work on her behalf, and, um, you know, like you say, she's still around, most definitely. I mean... What I was going to say before was, um, and you kind of already answered it actually in a way, <clears throat> um, we, we, so many people are waiting for the government to bring disclosure or the government to confirm these things. And let's face it, well, it's not going to happen, certainly not to this degree. And it's people like yourselves and people who have these testimonies and Megan and, and Sharnel and all these people who are coming forward telling their stories, no matter how crazy they, they may seem to the 3D you know, world, um, you know, you're all absolute troopers and, and you, you know, you're on the front lines of, of what needs to happen because people need, to, the world needs to know this. It, it, it does. And um, because, but the, the thing with it is, it exposes the government projects that they've known about this for a very, very long time. And they've played a part in the trauma that's been caused. Um, so, you know, I think it's brilliant that we can set up a community where, people experiences who have these issues can come to us and, and or, or to anybody people like Mary Rodwell who is doing the work and helping people get over and, and kind of make sense of memories or things in the head in the mind that, that they, they um they have with no explanation so I just want to say thank you very much for, for being brave and doing the work and again I'm your mum will be very very proud of you I'm sure thank you mate really appreciate that right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, going back to what Chanel was saying, um, when, when she was asking, like, Robert, what's your involvement? Do you think there's any possibility? You were getting at it. I don't want to completely duck the question because that's mad sus, <laughs> mad suspicious, you know. But um, like you said, Chanel, we're all extraterrestrials. And until human beings understand that, the world don't need to know what or how I was made until they realize what they are because I'm not going to be persecuted because of their ignorance and lack of understanding of what they are. And if I'm anything different, I will be crucified for it. And I'm not dealing with that. And so we're all extraterrestrials. And But yes, um, definitely 110%. My mother told me later on, she filled me in some things I'm not going to get into or talk about. But um, yeah, you know, my mom always said I was the greatest gift ever given to her. And people can take that for what it is. Every mom says it, don't they? 
<laughs> yeah, you made it. <laughs> Take yeah. it. I, I spent my whole life trying to blend in. I'm not going to come out now. <laughs> 35 years. Why stop? I feel the same way. Blending in is boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, one thing, too, I want to ask, do you have any kind of military people, like your grandparents or anything military in the background? Family. Entire family. Entire every. Family. Every war. Yeah. I I was in the ROTC. I, I wanted to be Marines. Like after ROTC, like if you graduated boot camp, you would have a bunch of things. But I wanted to go into the Marines where I would only get one stripe. And my stepfather, he was a Marine. He's essentially the guy that raised me. Um, I, I do have family, for example, my, uh, stepdad, he, uh, is a high clearance crane operator that works in Cape Canaveral for space force, SpaceX, uh, wow. NASA. He's been in the dumbs working on private things. I'm privy. I've been to the SpaceX work site. I've seen things and, um, yeah. So, uh, Come from a long line, you know, my great grandfather, he had no legs. He was like, in, uh, he was a uh, World War Two that he died a long, long time ago when I was a little kid, finally met him, stuff like that. Uh, my mother, my mother's father, Robert Earl White is the guy I'm named after. So technically, my last name isn't White. This is my government name. But um, yeah, Robert Earl White was my mother's father who died when she was eight years old. He was 40 years old. My mother died at 51. And uh, yeah, so um, I'm the last one left. Uh, my mother had no brothers or sisters. Her father had no. I'm the last one of my genealogy, which is very old. And these beings have been using the same families for a long time. And I'm the one that stops the buck. <laughs> <laughs> it's done have fun guys go to another planet because you're not getting the genetics from here anymore <laughs> well uh, how can we find where's your documentary can is it still out that we can see whatever the duck my uh, youtube channel is robert earl white order of light so robert earl white order of light it rhymes haha but if you type in either one, you can find it. I have a playlist, so once you go, I do have a newer video where I categorize the whole entire story in a short little 18-minute video. But I have uh, multiple parts along with some interviews, etc. But I have three uh, parts on there, and then I have the one video that is a recap for everyone that wants to save some time and just see glances of the evidence and not reading word for word all the evidence and stuff. Um, that's all on my YouTube under my UFO crash playlist on there, along with all the other interviews and videos I make and all that good stuff. Awesome. And someone else is asking too about blood type. What do you yeah, think about blood type? Don't matter. They're all they're all extraterrestrial. All blood types are ET. Some are more valuable to other beings to manipulate and use, and some will get abducted more if they have a blood type because it's more universal. But they're all extraterrestrial, and blood don't matter. It's genetics. That's the currency of the universe. Genetics, 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 genetics. That's right. what it's all about. Woo. <laughs> RH, negative, oh, it don't matter what you got. You can have A or B still get abducted and still be something else yourself. It doesn't matter. It's all about the genetics. Uh, mm -hmm. Genetics are fun. 
Blood types are just a genetic marker of what DNA you might have. So it's not like, oh, someone's A negative. They're definitely like from the Pleiades, blah, blah, blah. It's just a genetic marker of what possible DNA you might have. So absolutely. You're muted. Oh. We are way past the hour, but I mean, this is just so freaking intriguing. And I mean, I'm going to have to go watch the documentary now. I don't know. I'm sure everybody here is going to run to your YouTube channel and follow it and watch and get more information and tell us, um, where can we, do you have a website? Where can we find you? Like, yeah, give us more as we like wrap up here. All right. Um, YouTube is my main thing. I have a Facebook, but my original one was deleted for no reason. So I had to create another one using uh, Robert Orasi. But if you type in Robert or White, I should still pop up. Um, Google algorithms, YouTube, all that. They When you type my name into a Google search engine, nothing about me pops up. You got to use DuckDuckGo, Bing, all that. Because this story, although... There's really nothing wrong. I'm not here cursing. I'm not violent, causing division. It doesn't matter. They do not like this story, and the algorithms are definitely showing their love to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, the YouTube is my main thing, and on there in the description, you can find my direct me that has all my other things as well, but I've been banned off of TikTok so many times. I'm done using that. Um, I gave up on Instagram years ago when I was living in the Middle East and like no one cared and it's just a waste of time and I, I'm trying Twitter and it's, it's, I don't know, it doesn't matter what platform, as long as my name is Robert Earl White, I, it's not going to go down. So just check out the YouTube, that's what helps me the most and that's where I'm the most active and where I'm putting all my content and information. So the YouTube, Robert Earl White. And there you can also find my email if you want to reach out to me, orderoflight777 at gmail.com, orderoflight777, yeet, yeet. And uh, yeah, so it's awesome. been a blast. <laughs> awesome. And I have all your bio. I'll have everything, um, it, which it actually might already be up there. I don't know if Mac put it up there yet. but And I have also Craig and Megan and everybody's um information and bios too where you can find them um, but any final words megan and craig before we go uh, i do want to remind people please subscribe please hit the notification um, button if you can please uh, if you can consider either being a member or supporting us through a donation or what have you too that really helps us to keep going and we do have to pay for graphics and all the things that editing and blah, blah, blah. So I, I picked up your blah, blah, blah and just used it, Robert, but I'm going to take that with me now, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but yeah, so thank you. I want to say thanks to Debbie, Lisa, Stephanie, uh, a lot of people who are supporting us that are here as members. Um, you know, we do a lot in our membership and you can read up about that on, on, um, on our Facebook page of what all we do in our meetings and sessions and giveaways and that kind of stuff. We're trying to really build a community where people can get together on a regular basis and have, have conversations where it's not like we're just the four people talking or the two people talking, but that you have a voice, everyone who's listening and commenting, you guys can ask questions face to face and not just put a comment up and ask a question, but really get down to the nitty gritty and, have some real conversations. So any bit of support helps for sure. But um, 
yeah, and go to swiftfire.org, get the newsletter. That way, you know, all, we have great shows coming up to um, and looking forward to. And we're doing a conference in January. So we have a lot of things coming up. But um, Megan and Craig, any final words? And Robert, you're so awesome. Thank you so much. Just that I had a great time and hopefully we'll do some more stuff together, more videos. And yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. I was thinking, um, Robert, I don't know if have you ever done a Q&A before with, with the public about your, your testimony or experiences? A few times, a little bit. So I wonder if you come on and do it um, with our members at some point. That Absolutely. is a great idea. That's a that? How about that? That'd be cool. Um, open it up and get some people on and, and have a come you know have a conversation with some folks that'd be cool so people become members and uh, we'll, I reckon we should arrange that for sure um, people can find me on Facebook usual places I'm, I'm a bit more active on Twitter nowadays now that Elon's doing his thing um, <laughs> but uh, yeah just I love connecting with people I love doing these shows I love all of you Robert I'm, you know I'm so great to connect with you like I say in person is wonderful you think you're an amazing guy and and megan and chanel too i love you all very very much and i'm very grateful to be here yeah i hope to have all of you on my show sometime too it'll be a good <laughs> time I'm make there. it happen do it. Do it. awesome um well um thank you all for your amazing comments and your support and thank you robert and megan and craig and Thank you for coming to the membership thing. Well, I'll get you some dates on that. Maybe we could do something in December. Well, it's already December. Shoot. It is December. Yeah. It's the first. Oh. It's Christmas time. Yes. But you guys are amazing. Everyone who's helped support and liked and loved and all the beautiful comments. Um, Someone was asking, when do we get together? We have a weekly show on Thursdays at noon every week for those of you who are new to the channel. We welcome you. It's a little bit late, but we welcomed at the beginning too. And I look forward to seeing you guys. And um, if I don't see you guys until next week, then have a really good one. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a good, good week. Thank you again so much for letting us hear your experience. I don't like to say hear your story because when people talk to me and say, we want to hear your story, something about that irks me. Cause I'm like, it's not a story. It happened. It's an experience. And so Robert, I, I enjoy and love and your humility and your and just your presence and and hearing your experience. And I, I treasure that so much. And thank you for your time today. I love you guys. You're beautiful. And thank we'll you. talk soon.